everybody, this is Brian here. Just want to take a quick minute before this episode begins to give you a heads up about some audio issues we've had with our guest Luke this week. The trouble was on our end, it was no fault of his own, but I just wanted to make you guys aware in case the audio gets a little wonky from time to time. We hope you enjoy the show, and we appreciate Luke being a guest this week. Take care. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Marine Corps Movie Minute, where we're breaking down movies of the Marine Corps one minute at a time. Today we're doing minute number 83 of Heartbreak Ridge. I'm Jack. I'm Brian. And I'm Luke. Welcome back, Luke. It's it's good to have you, man. It was a joke, you know, about how every minute's a good minute, but this one's a pretty good one, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like, I like this one. <laughs> and fuck you, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, this one's this was interesting. Um, we can discuss this one. We know a little bit more about the making of this scene that that we didn't know before we talked to Mr. Pete Koch. So yeah, the big guy at the end, Luke, that is scared to jump out of the airplane, or uh, the, it's actually a helicopter. He's the actor Pete Koch, and we we uh, actually just recently interviewed him about this scene and a few others. Oh, that's cool. So the minute begins with them um, going through a uh, pre-mission brief. It ends with. A little humorous discussion about about falling out of aircraft. Yeah. <laughs> or, or or voluntarily exiting them. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Luke, uh, I just want to double down on what Perry said and welcome back. Yeah, it's it's really great to be here. I like I like the freedom to say what I want and know I don't have to edit it. Yeah, there you <laughs> go, right? <laughs> you know, before we dive too deep into this minute, I asked you last minute and I'll I'll ask you again, uh, you know, any any overall thoughts about, you know, this particular minute, first impressions you had while watching it? I I really liked it. I think it was I, I think it was shot really well. I think the performances were pretty great and actually my my main my main point of this I think goes most a lot into the next minute, but it's it's terrifying the way they shoot the height here. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> normally I'm fine with shots like that, but while I was watching it, I was thinking, "Ooh, that's quite." That's quite. And and um, I only noticed this this time round because I guess maybe I didn't watch it with headphones last time. But the, the stereo sounds quite good at that. We found that if you watch, I mean, I've watched this movie a hundred times, like just on TV, HBO, just whatever. It wasn't until we were sitting down breaking this movie down minute by minute and using headphones that we were finding a lot of background noise, background mm-hmm. dialogue, background music. Yeah. It's it's almost a different experience putting your headphones on. I love to do that with about time as well, I think. It's just pretty cool though cuz like in one scene Gunny and his boss are basically in a in an office together arguing and you can hear trucks driving in the background, military sounds like yup march uh, uh. <laughs> you know, like you hear all that. And I've never noticed that before. You know, and one time, what, didn't we hear a band playing? Yeah. It was like a marching band, like out on the parade deck, but it was all outside the building. And we we're like, well, it's got to be intentional. You know, it's not like, I mean, they filmed on an actual military base, but, you know, there's ways to edit these things out and make sure that, hey, quiet on the set. That you know, They must have put these, like, background noises in to make you feel you are on an actual base, which they were. Yeah. Oh, uh, the great irony was it's just like when you walk around a military base, they don't have military bands just playing all the time. Yeah, (laughs) right, right. It's weird. (laughs) It was like, yeah, I know what it is. And we knew guys in the Marine Corps band, but they didn't just walk around playing. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) They they went to their 
either the parade deck to, to practice a parade or they went to their office and practice. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, the studio, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, it's it's quite weird sometimes. When, when you look at these sort of decisions that must be intentional, but you can't quite figure out why. Yeah, so, I mean, we we talked last week about age rates. Like when I was doing two minutes about time, which will at this time this episode comes out, will will still be being released, but we've finished recording the show pretty much uh, at this point. There's a scene in the Kate Moss gallery, and this film is rated twelve in the UK. A little bit of strong language and sex references, but that's it. And then they've got a topless picture of Kate Moss, like right behind this pivotal scene. <laughs> and apparently, that's one of the main reasons that it got an R in the states. Oh, how funny. <laughs> it's like, that's the only nudity in the film. That gallery was built especially for the film as a set. We spoke with the set um, designer, no, the set decorator and production designer, and it was an intentional decision. But why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because back in the day before they had PG-13, PG movies would have nudity in it. Yeah, all yeah. the time. They still do here sometimes. I mean, we had the Carry On films in the sixties. We had, I think, Kramer versus Kramer has a bit of nudity in it, if I remember. I think it was like um, Smoking a Bandit Three. I think has like some nude scenes in it. I'm like, really, Smoking a Bandit Three? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. going to get anybody to watch that piece of shit. Well, right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it's just random, like or even like Airplane had a you know a couple gags yeah. that were with nudity, yeah. and they were just there, and it wasn't a big deal. And it's funny now, it's, like, it's almost like nowadays, they don't even put them in PG-13 movies. It's automatically an R. Yeah, luckily, I think we, oh, luckily, debatably, I guess, it's, it depends as to, as to what, what, what side that you stand. But I think we, we tend to be a little more lenient on that. And look, I, I think in the UK, we look a lot more context for everything, context of bad language. Like if it's, where I think in yours, it's often, you've said the F word out many times, you got an R. Right, Whereas exactly. It's often... Okay, like in about time, I think it's six or seven times you hear it, which was one of the reasons we are in the States. Whereas we were like, okay, well, look at the context. Is this a sort of thing that would be appropriate? Who is likely to be watching the film? They take a little, a little more in-depth and stuff like that. And I think it's the same with nudity. Monty Python's Life of Brian recently got rated 12A, despite there being full frontal male and female nudity. So, <laughs> uh, Because that's natural nudity. I actually spoke with a guy called David Austin. He's the chief executive of the British Board of Film Classification. I was at a filmmaking event that he was at, and I was chatting with him about it, and he basically said, there are very few 12-year-olds that will want to watch Monty Python. Ah. If, they, if they do, <laughs> if they do, then they understand that type of comedy, and he's not going to stop those 12-year-olds from being able to watch it. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a reasonable approach to it, I think, actually. <laughs> I mean, you know, I wanted to highlight something real quick before we get into the basically the meat of this minute. We get a two seconds of Lieutenant Ring attempting, and I believe he he accomplishes this to get in step with the rest of Recon Platoon. He does that little shuffle, <laughs> that yeah. little skip. a few times, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, can I make so can I make a, a tiny brief interjection with your comment about smoking the Bandit Three? Yeah, and I've just looked into that. That was originally rated 18 in the UK and then got downrated to 15 in 2005. Oh, really? In the States, but it was an 18 here. I've never seen Smokey and the Bandit, so I don't know what type of stuff it is, but it doesn't seem like the sort of film that would uh, no. rate an 18. Yeah, the, the, the first two are, are, are broad comedies, but I don't, I don't think there's any nudity in the first two. But the third one, they didn't have Burt Reynolds, so they were just like, let's 
do whatever we can to get somebody to watch it. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. And I imagine the reason why you know, the rating is a little different there for three is, is probably because it's like, if you, if you're that young and you decide to watch, you need a reward for being able to sit through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. So smoking the bandit, smoking the bandit original PG mm-hmm. one mouth use of strong language and mild language. Yeah. See, it's not a bad movie. Mild violence. Sorry. Um, smoking the bandit two PG doesn't say why. And then Smoking the Bandit Part 3, 15 moderate sex references and nudity. Yeah. Which is, I mean, we were just, I was just saying about how America seems to be more prudish on these things, but clearly in 2005. I don't know, it's just funny, because, you know, that's, because they haven't, like, that movie nowadays, if it was released, would have probably been a a higher rating, but they don't go back and rewrite old movies. Mm Mm-mm. It's just like, well, it was PG when it came out, so it's PG now. You know. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 often we have the option when it comes into cinemas again, or if they want to come on DVD, they don't have to rewrite it. Mm. But often companies will be like, yeah, let's take another look at it. And I mean, stuff like Alien was eighteen and is now fifteen. I'm pretty sure ah. the DVDs are still eighteen, but it's a good selling point to have a horror movie that's eighteen. Well, right, because like a lot of these movies are like are tame. You know, they were like R or even like ooh, like Mash. Like that, like that was X because it was so bad, and it's so tame compared to movies nowadays that are lower rated. You know, so it's just times change, movies change. You know, like it makes sense why it might be downgraded even. And I don't know. Yeah, so uh, the the majority of this minute is uh, the the briefing of of upcoming, you know, to of upcoming upcoming minutes. These are recon, first platoon. I think that's really the only two platoons we ever see. Yeah are involved, you know, major highway, oh, Jesus, major highway. That's <laughs> if Clint Eastwood here would punch me right in the face for saying that. Yeah. Major powers is giving a briefing to the two platoons at the very least. And well, it says each platoon will proceed to the objective, which is the battalion bear pit. I think, I think cause we recorded slightly out of order. And I mentioned the other night that when they get to the bear pit, I'm like, I don't think they ever mentioned that this was the objective. Well, I should have done my due diligence and realized that, yeah, no, as a matter of fact, they specifically call out the bear pit more than once. <laughs> yeah. Know, so. For a 70, yeah, for a 72. Yeah. They, they get three days off if whoever gets there first as so, you know, so I mean, major powers is a jerk in this movie. There's at least some incentive to train hard, work hard, have maybe a little, have a little fun. Yep. So, I mean, he, he does have a, a a carrot at the end of that stick that he carries. Hmm. A, a bear pit, though. Perry, have you ever heard of a bear pit? No, I haven't actually. Not not in this context. I, no, I've never heard of what a what a bear pit is. Yeah, the only the only thing I I tried to look up bear pit and uh, I I kept finding bear pit barbecue and reviews for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think this is what they mean. I also found on Urban Dictionary that bear pits are armpits that smell like a bear, especially in the morning after a night devoid of deodorant. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I mean, I get all that, but, and I, and I think there actually is some sort of drug reference to the bear pit, but none of these apply to battalion bear pit on Camp Lejeune slash Camp Pendleton. <laughs> yeah. We'll just have to go with this is a thing and they all knew what they were talking about. Yeah, but I noticed on the chalkboard when at the time that Major Powers is discussing that he has uh, right up there when he he points to the the axe or the pit or whatever with his uh, little yardstick he's got there. Mm-hmm. Speaking of stick, it says first stick, second stick on the chalkboard, and of course, uh, let's see, a stick. That's a that's an army term. 
Yeah, it's oftentimes a load of paratroopers in one aircraft prepare for a drop. Oftentimes, a load of paratroopers in one aircraft prepare for a drop is also referred to as a stick because there is a, um, there's a chalk and there's a stick. In the military terminology, a chalk is a group of paratroopers or other soldiers that deploy from a single aircraft. Chalk often corresponds to a platoon-sized unit for aerosol operations or a company minus uh, whatever. And it, but then it says a, just a single load of paratroopers. It's like, that's a stick. So it's like a chalk is like all of them in a group. And like, this is stick one, this is stick two. And so I assume the chalk would be both stick one and stick two together, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I don't know that, I don't know that Marines use those terms. Well, it says that the, fir- the, the term was first coined in World War II mm-hmm. for airborne troops during Operation Overlord, the Allied invasion of Europe. The aircraft flight number was placed on the troops' backs with chalk. Makes sense. Gotcha. Uh, it was later used during the Vietnam War when it was common practice to number with chalk the sides of the helicopters involved in the operation. In current military terminology, a chalk may mean either passengers or equipment. Hmm. And then also, uh, I, I saw something that specifically mentioned, I think, our, uh, the 75th Army Ranger Unit. They use chalk for maybe in a certain specific term you know like uh circumstances or something but we we have a few uh people that did like load g4 type stuff and all that or right logistics mm-hmm. maybe there'd be somebody we could have asked that they, they would know if, if that's a terminology uh, i don't know too many paratroopers in the marines uh that i could ask i know if, a few army guys <laughs> yeah so I, I don't know if this is a this is one of those things where because this was a holdover from them originally going to be in the an army, army script yeah. yeah nothing in what i looked up makes it say it says paratroopers it doesn't specifically say army well see marines don't have paratroopers they have marines well that, there you go so that are jump called yeah yeah and we, and we knew a bunch of marines that, that were oh yeah yeah jump called but I, I don't ever remember using that that terminology that's the only thing that makes sense is that that was part of the script somewhere yeah it just never got changed because unless you lived it, but I mean, that's something we could probably dig around and find out. Yeah. It's not something I'm too worried about right now, but I, no. I'd be curious if anybody, you know, knows if we're foolish, full of it, just, <laughs> you know, drop us a line in the quarter deck or, and, and tell us if we're right or wrong, if Marines use it or not. Right after that, we get uh staff Sergeant Webster being a little kick kiss butt. And he's like, teacher, you forgot to assign us uh, homework on a Friday right before we leave. <laughs> He asked, uh, sir, it would be an honor if you would accompany my platoon. <laughs> and there's audible sighs in, in the gallery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you literally hear somebody like, oh, and every, I think it's uh, Collins and Forgetti. They just have just, their eyes yeah. roll so hard, they almost roll right out of their head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Staff Sergeant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and, and if you notice, Chuzu and Highway, both kind of have they have a meaningful conversation with just one look to each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, they they got some shorthand going on with that look, and they were just like, "Oh, brother." The look <laughs> on Chuzu's face too is just like, "Oh, geez, this is going to be great." <laughs> and I love the smile on Sam Sergeant Webster's face when he was doing <laughs> when Powers agrees to to, to join him. Like, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to uh, interior of the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Gunny calls the Marines forward and uh, of recon, and they uh, he's like, "All right, come on, let's go." And they start jumping out, and 
Luke, uh, I don't obviously I wouldn't expect you to be aware of this. So this movie was filmed on Camp Pendleton in San Diego, California. Majority of the people you see as extras or in the background are real U.S. Marines that were stationed in Pendleton. They were hired and paid as extras. That's cool. They were. It was twofold. They were extras to fill in the ranks, it was, and but they were also there to help the actors who are not Marines to be more Marine-like, and you know, and kind of give them, kind of school them. So it was kind of, kind of smart of Clint Eastwood to to do that. Must be quite a nice sort of refreshing change of job as well for a bit. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, because that's the thing. Like, I've actually found a few guys. Nobody that has you know talked about coming on the show, but I've, I've on social media found a few people who have were either stationary at the time or actually were on screen. I found one guy that was like. He was in the, there's a repelling scene and where the recon's repelling, but you see a couple guys go down the repelling tower and I, and he's like, you can see me in the scene. And he goes, and then later when, when we're on the ground and the, and the film, the camera's up on the top of the tower, he's like, I'm standing to like, to the left, you know? <laughs> or, and, and he's, and I think I know which one he's talking about. He was just saying, well, he goes, all I remember is I was told to show up and I got paid $60. <laughs> well, well, Brian, we know a lot about tracking down extras. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the listeners will find out. Um, a good few weeks from now in Brian's episode of Two Minutes About Time, which I mean, I guess it's not really a spoiler to say. Basically, there was an extra we became weirdly obsessed with and spent most of the episode trying to research and find. Um, we... Ended up not finding him, but we thought we knew what his name was until that was the name of the different extra. I've since spoken to that extra on the phone, and although he won't guest on the show, it's quite weird explaining to someone over the phone that they've been the in-joke for several episodes of a yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Actually, kind of a similar route to what you were saying about the Marines, though, is Adam Collins, who I was talking about before, who was the Hollywood stuntman slash director. He's a filmmaker as well as... Uh, an actor and a stuntman he does everything really he was in the royal marines for six years and a lot of the extras in his films are just um people who sort of sort of war veterans and stuff who you know coming out to get a little bit of a a role and another job so often he's he's had actors and stuff who are who are injured or in wheelchairs or whatever people who aren't necessarily that skilled in acting but will have the odd line here or there or will have an extras role just to give them something else to do, which I think is lovely. Oh, excellent. Yeah, that's that's good. So shout out to Adam Collins. I think his film Outlawed is on Netflix in the UK and Amazon Prime here. I don't know how much is in the States, but it's pretty easy to get hold of and it's just a nice little film, an action film set in Nottingham. Nice. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah, when I was, uh, when I first got to, you know, Perry and I were both stationed at Cherry Point in North Carolina. And when I first got there, I checked in on a weekend. So no, you know, you can't, you can't check into your duty station until Monday morning. So they have to put you up in these temporary, uh, barracks, you know, they call it what a BEQ or something like that. Yeah. My roommate for that night was a Royal Marine. (laughs) The, they were, they were in town for a joint exercise and it was their last night there. And they had the biggest party. <laughs> and I mean, and it was funny because here I am, I'm like an 18 year old kid, just picked up Lance Corporal. I show up to my duty station. You know, I'm a little nervous. I don't know where to go. You know, I've only been a Marine for like, what, a couple months at this point, really. And I'm like, these are men. These are like manly men. 
<laughs> and I mean, I mean, they were hard drinking, hard partying. They were like, "Hey, come on down, party!" I'm like, "Look, I just want to get situated. I appreciate it." But uh, they were real nice, real cool guys. Like, I oh, well, you know, we're just right down here if you need anything, you know. It was so cool. But I was like, man, I'm like these guys. I said, man, they they know how to party. I'm gonna say, imagine if you imagine if you had partied and your your first impression to everyone was you just completely hung over yeah that, that's i was thinking i seriously that was partly crossing my mind i'm like i you know like here i am i'm like i mean you know, first off 18 you can't drink 18 you know in, in legally uh, i mean these guys were they were just i mean they had furniture all over the outside that's where, we, that's where we in the uk are different then yeah and so i'm like you know i'm like i don't need to have my first impression at a new duty station i was already kind of like you know like like i said nobody really even knew i was coming i just kind of showed up so i'm like <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you know, as much as, you know, it would have, uh, it probably would have calmed some of the nerves. I'm like, no, nah, it'll just make things worse. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just, just going to go get some food. You know, like I don't, I don't travel well anyway. So I was like, I just need to like, just kind of chill and relax. But man, they were out all night party. And they were, uh, but like I said, nice guys, real cool, uh, real friendly. And I was like, it was just kind of neat. I'm like, so I always tell people that story. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I, I bunked with some Royal Marines for the night. <laughs> Yeah, I hung out with some Royal Marines when we were in Norway, and yeah, man. But I actually did party with some of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, that situation, I would have been down too. That's totally different. <laughs> yeah, they were cool. They were real cool. It, they would take and uh, dig little snow um, forts, and they were selling beer. <laughs> God, it's <laughs> awesome. So, is what we're getting from this that the Royal Marines just really liked to party? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I know so little about. All of this, that yeah, it's just you know, I look at it like this you work hard, you play hard, you know, yeah, that type of thing, yeah, (laughs) they were cool, they were really cool. So, yeah, so those were real Marines jumping out of the helicopter. Uh, we we actually got confirmation, yeah, that was a heck of a tangent, right? So, just welcome to Marine Corps Movie Minute. Uh, The actors never left the ground. We 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 get some, uh, you know, we'll we'll, um, we'll hear in Pete Koch's own words next minute, let's just say. They never left the ground. They got in the helicopter. It was all quiet. They had some crewmen shaking the, <laughs> the helicopter. <laughs> but but these but these exterior shots and these these shots of Marines actually parachuting are real Marines. It was like and I and I I kind of was saying I I've, I've spoken with a couple or seen people speak on on social media about being there and and, and being a part of this. And I know a few of them were like really excited about this movie because they were like, man, we're now we're going to really show the world what recon could do. And then they saw the movie and they're like, oh, oh they make us look like idiots. <laughs> Even, but they, they didn't realize it was going to be a comedy is, is my impression. I think, you know, it was it's this is a comedy. I think people forget that, you know, it's not all action all the time. It's not meant to be serious all the time. Yeah. I mean, even this little bit of business, it's, it's a little bit of character development, um, but it's also you know, meant to be funny. Here's Big Bad. All right. So Pete Koch, he is, uh, he's, he plays the Swede. He's like, what is he? Six, five. We said, he said, yeah, he's like, giant. this, this point, I think he was like 285 pounds. He was an, at the, while filming this, he was an NFL defensive end uh, for the Kansas city chiefs, actually. He's just a massive man, and yet they show him scared to jump out of the airplane while all these other little guys have already jumped. <laughs> and, and and I thought he did a good job of conveying, is a gunny, I'm afraid of heights, you know? <laughs> like he's like, oh, shucks, you know? He does a good job of, of being this big, intimidating presence on the ground, and now he's just like a nervous, 
almost like a nervous kid, you know, to yeah. jump out of the, the plane. What we get, and we don't get the full line, it cuts off, but Gunny's like, yeah, I'm so am I. And he's, you know, like, <laughs> he's, and that's a little character development with Clint Eastwood. He's, he's, he's the guy that, in an earlier minute, uh, Luke, uh, the recon Marines attempted to run Gunny off by, or run Clint Eastwood off by having Swede beat him up. And it didn't go well for Swede. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's funny that these two guys, these two tough guys, well, they, they actually are scared of something, you know, and they're, yeah. he's like, I am too. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but that being said, I don't think any highway is going to have any tro- trouble jumping out of the plane, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, we'll talk more about that, or at least we'll hear more about it. I'm going to leave it for next minute. He, he explains a lot with you saying that they were real Marine Corps people, because yeah, like I, I was thinking there's no way that they got extras to jump out of an airplane. No, way. <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking. I mean, I know how much extras often really want to be in the film, but I, I'd love to be an extra. I won't jump out of a helicopter for it. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, you know that's the thing. That that was the benefit of that's the benefit of training. You know, having the the military, you know, assist with the movie. They can do the things that a normal civilian or stunt. I mean, I'm sure stuntman could do this just fine. But you're getting authentic Marines jumping out and doing exactly what yeah. they do. Yeah, they're getting paid for it anyway, so it's probably on the training schedule. It was like, hey, do you mind if we take a camera out there? I'm like, we don't give a shit. <laughs> it's not going to stop us from doing it. Yeah, and that's another thing. I mean, I'm sure they have to do so many jumps per whatever year or whatever. So it's like, hey, this is just one. It just happened to be, hey, I got 60 extra dollars to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I get to be on screen even though they think, you know, they don't know it's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I – don't we have too much else? I, I'd like to, you know, kind of get to the next minute so we can finish the conversation about jumping out of planes. Or I always say planes, but is it actually a helicopter? Helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. So, Luke, do you have any thoughts about this particular minute before we go to the next one? I think most of mine lie at the next, at the next minute. Really. All right. I, I, I like, I like the the thing he starts to say at the end of this and carries on to the next. I think that was a. It was a good line, and I think this was the minute that made me realize that I want to see this film, so I will acquire it at some point. I will order the DVD today, hopefully. Nice. We've done this a few times, turned this movie on to a few people or uh, who, who hadn't seen it before or had maybe seen it as a kid and really didn't like remember it as good as they thought. And then we're like, Hey, you know, and pretty much everybody's had a positive take on it. Right. Uh, nobody's yeah, going to come back to what, to what we had with about time, really. Like some of the people have had, a, there was one person who saw the minutes of the film without the rest of the film and hated on it the whole time. Um, <laughs> incidentally, I, I, have any of you guys seen the UK version of the office? Of the office. I've seen only a couple bits of it. Yeah. Okay. I've never seen guy, any of the office. Never. The, guy, the guy who plays big Keith in that, he's a reasonably big part. He came on my Facebook recommended friends list. I got in touch with him. He ended up coming on two minutes about time without knowing anything about the film. You and Macintosh, lovely guy. Really didn't like it. Oh. <laughs> it was a, but yeah, him being the only person who didn't like the film, and that was only based on the minutes he had, I'm taking that as, a, as basically that everyone who's seen the film likes it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, not to spoil what's coming up on your show, but... Uh, feel free, it's fine. I would say I had not seen the movie prior to us discussing me coming on, so I watched it real quick, and I was like, "This is a great movie!" <laughs> I'm like, and I never would have watched it. There's no way well, I would. It just seems like it's a romantic comedy, and that's yep. it. It has so yep. much more to it that I, 
it, 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 it was it was the wedding scene that Ewan was on for. So okay. it was a very romantic. It was a very Richard Curtis thing. I love Richard Curtis's work. Richard, if you're listening, hi. <laughs> I, I love everything he does. I think he's a brilliant writer. But there are certain cliches that people expect in a Richard Curtis film. The man he wrote for weddings, if you get a wedding scene, you think, ah, it's Richard Curtis. But <laughs> for the rest of the film, there's something so much more in it that it ends up being so much about family and the importance of life. It's not about time travel. It's not really about the love between husband and wife. It's about the love between friends, the love between father and son. And and dealing with that sort of relationship, and Ewan didn't really get that from from those minutes. But yeah, that's I, I guess I'll say to these people they should watch About Time. It's a beautiful film. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend it. I love it. I, I did not like those scenes either. And if I only had watched that, I might not have liked it. I I didn't like the it dragged on too long the the wedding part. But everything which is else, weird, but, which is weird because it's only about ten minutes, but it's such a fast-paced film that, that yeah, I know, I know. It's just funny how like that. Just like it, it really probably, if I watch it again, it probably wouldn't even be that long to me. But yeah, like you said, it's really the time travel is just a little, you know, framing mechanism to talk about, like you said, family, and it's it's and of course, I thought it was quite funny early in the movie too. There's a lot of yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, a lot of funny stuff. I really liked it so. And it, it, without spoiling stuff, it hits some real emotional moments as well. Um, I mean, to talk about Richard Curtis, it's a slight possibility to, to shout out not just two minutes about time, but my next show, which hopefully should be this Christmas, if it ends up going on, if I end up able to record it, it'll be next Christmas, where we're doing Love Actually as a day-by-day thing over Christmas. Ah, um, nice. Which is obviously a lot more, which I think love actually is exactly the film that everyone thinks it is yeah <laughs> right 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 <laughs> i still like it <laughs> no that's good great well do you have any um actually yes yeah, so do you have any other plugs besides uh, you want to cover before we we wrap up i mean i've i've just plugged someone else's film for the past two minutes i know right yeah <laughs> there we go yeah no um, great about, about time is great and if you like about time or well, well either way watch it find out whether you like it or not if you like it, I recommend you check out Two Minutes About Time. It's me and Robert E.G. Black looking at About Time, Two Minutes at a Time. We've had some great guests on, Brian included, as well as some people who aren't really the podcasting type. Ewan McIntosh from The Office, Doctor Who actor Simon Fisher-Becker, Bath nominated director Piotr Skopiak, and illusionist Darren Brown, to name a few. And also, actually, my, my former film teacher. I don't know if anyone cares about that, but that was very exciting, talking to my former film teacher. Hadn't spoken <laughs> to her for, like, two years, and she came on the show, so... It was a. I mean, all of these episodes are still to come, I think, except Piotr and then Simon's. I'm not sure. I haven't checked the schedule. But either way, About Time is a great film. We talk about it and basically everything else that there is in the same format as this tangent after tangent after tangent. (laughs) I mean, I think it's just, you know, please check it out. And either way, if you listen to my show or not, I think more people should watch About Time. I think, especially now in the current climate it's so important for a film that te- that shows you just how wonderful life is because no one's wanting to watch depressing movies right now i know last week well last episode i, I plugged my movie about a struggling addict and all of that so <laughs> probably a bad time to say it but no one wants to watch depressing movies right now i don't think uh, and because uh, it's, it's i mean obviously some people do but i think i tend to prefer so much now to just watch happy lovely films and it's not just romantic comedy it's about love it's about family and it whilst making you cry at other moments because of how sad it is makes you cry also because of how 
beautiful and happy it is and just teaches you to appreciate everything about the normal day in life and all these little things. I think I heard that most people after seeing the film in the cinema went out and called their dads just to spend more time yeah. with them, which I think is... <laughs> If a film can make you do that, then it's a film worth watching. Yeah, it's it's a good one. I, I recommend it. Um, Perry, you got anything? Nope, I am good. Yeah, me too. Once again, we're the Marine Corps Movie Minute. You can find us on Facebook and all the good places. So, Perry, Luke, it will be an honor if you both accompany me on Friday's show. That's as good as it's going to get. <laughs> Say what? Perry, Luke, it will be an honor if you both can accompany me on Friday's podcast. That's Let me try that again. You see what I mean? Are you so, keeping this bit in too? Or? Uh, you know what I do is I, I sometimes like I'll cut the screw up up and put it after the outro music. So it's like, oh, yeah. yeah, so like, so it's like you play the music and then it's like, you might get a little tease of how badly I screwed up. Hello to those of you who stayed past the outro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah it's one more time.